This is Resonance 104.4 FM. Flipping marvellous, as always. I'm Nick Hennigan, and welcome to another slice of literary London, uh, both on Resonance FM and, of course, on BohemianBritain.com. And, uh, oh, it's another one of my faves this week, because if you're listening in stereo, you'll be able to see us, because we're in vision. We're recording this live. I'm in deepest, darkest West London, and uh, we're going to be talking about a new production that's opening at the Tabard Theatre in Chiswick. I have to say, with full disclosure, it's a show I'm putting on. <laughs> so, But it means I get exclusive access to talk to the artists who are at this very moment in a rehearsal room in Soho, preparing uh, for the first uh, preview tonight. Uh, this is uh, April uh, 2023, if you're listening in 2024. You've missed it. Sorry. Uh, but, you know, there'll be photos around. Uh, so uh, we're preparing for the first uh, preview. It's a play called Two um, by the same bloke who wrote The Rise and Fall of Little Voice. Uh, and I'm delighted to say we've got Claire and Greg, the actors, and Richard, who is directing. How are you doing? Say hello. Hiya. Hello. Hi. <laughs> and I love the showbiz pictures above because you're rehearsing in a place called Jerry's, a club in, in, yeah. in Soho, which is very... Very, very, uh, very Soho-y. Um, so, Richard, do you want to just tell us a bit about the play, what it's about, um, and what's your involvement in it? Yes. Um, uh, the play is, as you've said, too, by Jim Cartwright of great fame. Um, it is a two-hander, two actors, playing all 14 characters. Um, very much uh, instrumental in getting the whole multi-rolling thing going uh, many years ago. Um, this particular one is set in a pub, and the uh, central characters are the landlord and landlady who are at constant loggerheads. Uh, they also play all the people that come and go in the pub over an evening, uh, working up to a, a fine climax. You'll have to come and buy a ticket to see and find out what it is. <laughs> but, um, I actually performed this show uh, about 15 years ago, playing the part of the landlord. Vowed never to do it again because uh, it's absolutely exhausting. Um, so I've got uh, two wonderful actors to uh, take on that responsibility, and I just stand there and tell them they're great. <laughs> it's easy. It's directing easy. I can't believe that Maverick Theatre is putting on a play about a pub. Uh, so. Indeed. It's so against your basic ethos. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's actually because Maverick, of course, started in pubs in Birmingham back in 1994. Um, so let's, well, Claire, just... Your, tell us about your role, what, what you're up to and what you're having to do. I say my role first, though, on The Landlady. And, uh, yeah, I, I love her. She's amazing. I worked at some pubs when I was in my 20s, so it's sort of, um, you know, <laughs> drawing on that experience. You know, a lot of actors have done a bit of that, haven't they, in between jobs. Um, and I get to play all these other characters as well. So it's a lovely chance to play roles that are kind of out of your comfort zone, out of your usual casting. Casting generally has become very specific these days. You know, you need to be from the place, uh, you know, uh, the right age, all of these things. And the, yeah, you get to go, to go to town, basically. I mean, you get to play a little boy. I get to play an old lady, you get to play an old man as well. You know, it's, uh, it's great to sort of play with physicalities and, and uh, voices and things like that. And uh, I suppose a similar story for you then, Greg, if you're playing Lanolard. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you, you've kind of got your, your two base characters who are the landlord and landlady. Um, and then they kind of navigate you through all the other characters. Um, so 
I think one of the things we've really found in the rehearsal process is how all the stories kind of intertwine and the main characters of the landlord and landlady, different aspects of them are then shown through the different uh, scenes that, that other people appear in. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really good, strong challenge, especially for an actor um, to be able to switch your accents and physicalities and jump from what could, what is in one scene in particular, a very heavy scene that kind of touches on domestic abuse to then jump straight into a happy, light, joyful scene, which is, you know, it's part of the dramatic effect that Jim wanted when he wrote it. Um, but it's a real challenge as an actor to, to be so um, deeply into one character and then have to instantly jump to a completely different character. So it's been a it's been a good it's been a very interesting rehearsal process, and hopefully it will be a very successful show. It feels good to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and and how how do you do that then? Is it is it a, do you think of a physical character when you're swapping, and presumably you have to snap in and out of them? How how does the process work, Greg? I think um, well, there are, there are, there are several aspects. There's the characterization, but then there's something as simple as the accent. And then, and then you're touching on physicality as well. And I think it's a case of we, we've played with different accents for different characters, um, and we play with, you know, and all different people move in different ways. So young people tend to lead um, more with their where, with the top of their bodies and with their heads. If you watch younger people walking down the street, you'll notice that the top of them tends to go first. Whereas when somebody's old, uh, especially particularly old people, tend to shuffle more with their feet. So there are different, um, you can put in different tensions into a character. So one character might have a bad back or they might have a more of a bad knee or things like that to kind of give you that initial anchor when you switch into the character. There's one character in particular that I play who I've given a bad knee to, well, the bad knee's in the script, but I tend to do about three paces onto the stage and then remember, no, it's got a bad knee. And then that helps me to kind of <laughs> jump in to that character. And then by the time I actually say something, we're good to go. <laughs> That's the plan anyway. <laughs> and what about yourself, Claire? Have you have you found that process? Um, yeah, I usually snap into a physicality first. I think that, and then I'm, I'm hopefully not thinking about it too much during the scene, but it's just while you're backstage, you kind of just got to do something quite quick, put the costume on and then snap into that whatever it is, you know, it might be just hunched shoulders or a particular way of standing, you know, uh, or a feel. But I think the costume helps a lot as well. I mean, we didn't have a costume uh, person on this. We sourced all the costumes ourselves, which was, for me, I, I really felt like when I went to charity shops and had a look for things, I felt like I invested in the character a bit because I picked something that felt right to me for that character. I think that, you know, these quick, they're just very simple as well. It's not, there's no time for a full costume no. change, is there? You know, but it, it's a particular Mac or it's a headscarf or, you know, and it's something that helps you ground you in that character and, and makes you feel a different age or a, or a different um, energy, you know, for that different character. And accent too, very important. You know, you sort of just go, say the first word in your head if you've got time. I mean, some of them we don't do, we, but um, uh, yeah. And it's, it's nothing so to do with budgets, is the fact we haven't got a 
wardrobe person, obviously. It was a deliberate device. I said, Richard, you're watching. Yeah, sorry, go on. I was going to say, it's, it's uh, um, with accents in particular, there's uh, these actors' tricks. I mean, American, it's always, uh-huh. It just gets the placement right. Uh, with um, the Liverpudlian accent, a. it's the A or uh, <laughs> what's, the, what's the other one? Um, oh, well, a pack of the crisp, the can of coke. Um, there's something that just launches you into it. I think characterization in terms of physicality is much the same. Once you've got that placement or that little key, um, that it's, it's it, once you've got that, it all looks after itself. Yeah, and what so it's, it, it, your role as director then, uh, Richard, is to is to is to sort of point the way a little bit to decide on a style. Uh, you're very physical yeah, about it. I'm, I've always thought that as a, as a director, or I've always tried to be the director that I want to direct me. I.e., I hate being told how to act. Um, but yeah, you know, it's always going to be a the external eye does have a right to say the other thing. Um, but uh, I think it's more, I mean, these guys are obviously very talented, uh, very experienced. It has really been a case of just a little sort of nudge here and there, and they do all the work themselves, which is great. Um, and it also, if it, if it comes from, from them, the, it will always be truer than if you're imposing something on them. Um, it, it's not a puppet show. Uh, it's not, you know, this is how I would perform it. That's how I want you to perform it. Um, hopefully they'd agree occasionally um, but it's 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 very important the vision I had in terms of the characters was that I didn't want to just make them different to the other characters it, uh, it had to be um, each individual um, character in the play given the backstory uh, make all the decisions you would as if that was the only part you were playing and they will be different uh, rather than, as I have seen done with this production, um, occasionally people just do something just to be different, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and how has it been? I mean, it's a quite... I mean, I know the play, obviously, because it's Maverick Theatre Company. I know. But how, how has it been... Cause, well, let's talk about how you got into the business, first of all. I mean, so, so Greg, uh, you're, a, you're a northerner. And what, what, got yeah. you, what got you into acting? I mean, did your parents do it? Is it was it in the family? No, it's not in the family in any way. They all think I'm quite bizarre for, do, for choosing it and doing it. To be fair, I think he's bizarre. Yeah. But... <laughs> it is a bizarre choice, really. Um, no, I, I, one year, my mum and dad took me to see the church pantomime, and I remember vividly just watching them on stage and going, I, I want to do that. I want to, I want to do that next year. Mm. Um, and that's where it started. That's just where it started from, really. And then I did the church pantomime for a few years and absolutely loved it, loved every minute of it. And then kind of went into youth theatre and then got to the point where I was doing a lot of youth theatre and amateur dramatics. And it was kind of like, well, you've got to make a choice. Do you want to do this forever or do you want to do this as a hobby and focus on something else? And I don't think there ever was really a choice. It, it was just what I always wanted um and i i know i've said i say this reasonably often i think i'm very lucky that i come from a generation whose parents worked really hard um but didn't really have a choice with what they wanted to do they had to go into what jobs there were around there um you know my, my parents could never have gone to university because it just well they couldn't have afforded it to start with but that just wasn't the class that they were from um but, you know, by the early 2000s, when it was my choice and my time, everybody was 
doing it. And, and the whole, you know, drama schools were funded and yeah, we had to pay a bit, but nothing like the debt that people are getting themselves into now. So it was an option then. And being from a working class background, I got support and I got help and I went to RADA for three years and it was amazing. Uh, you know, there are things I would have done differently now looking back, but um, I definitely wouldn't have changed the path that I chose. Yeah, I know Ken Branner always talks a bit about that because he went to RADA as well. I mean, not, not quite. Mm. Just, uh, uh, I mean, he grew up in Belfast, of course, and uh, which was during the Troubles, which is why he ended up in making... my career as well, to be fair. I mean, sorry, <laughs> good on Ken. He's, he's working hard, isn't he? He's working. He's done all he's right. Isn't he? <laughs> and what about what about yourself, Claire? What's your what's your story and background, as it were? How did you? Well, get... I I mean, you know right back you know really early on I was uh, writing and performing in plays at school with my little chums I didn't go to uh, neither school that I went to like primary school or secondary school had much of a kind of drama background this is pre-drama uh, being part of the curriculum and all that sort of thing and so uh, yeah, I just wanted to do it. So I had been to some plays at the Grand Theatre Wolverhampton, you know, and the Arena Theatre and went, oh, very exciting. And, you know, me and my brother would put on things in the front room, then at school, then it was youth theatre. And I knew by that point I wanted to go to drama school. And I actually ended up going to Bretton Hall first in Yorkshire. So I lived in Yorkshire for three years and that was brilliant beautiful mansion house in the countryside. League gentlemen went there as well, who I've since worked with, bizarrely. Didn't know them at drama school, because I'm a bit younger. But, um, and then uh, worked for 10 years and then decided to go back to drama school. And I did a year at RADA doing the MA Text and Performance Studies. And that was more in theatre making. So I've, I've uh, as well as acting, I've also diversified into uh, having a theatre company myself and writing. And I did the... Um, National Theatre Playwriting uh, course as well. So, yeah, yeah, we've got visitors. That's my, my route into it anyway. Yeah, all right, that's fantastic. It's uh, it's uh, Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Nick Hennigan. It's Literary London. We're live with the cast of Two by Jim Cartwright that is uh, performing or uh, happening at the Tabard Theatre, a little studio theatre, next door to where W.B. Yates was dragged up as well, by the way. You're in good company. Um, uh, and that starts. And we're, we're talking to the cast and the crew, and also one of the barmen, was that, who just popped in, who are live... Lady, um, odd, odd workman. OK, well, we're live at, uh, in their rehearsal uh, club, actually. You've got your own club to rehearse with your own bar and everything else. Uh, Jerry's Club in Soho, which I know one or two actors will know all about. Uh, you can also see us live because we're going to be on YouTube and we're going to be on bohemianbritain.com as well as, of course, on Resonance 104.4 FM. So, Richard, let's come to you because you've got a fairly interesting story, haven't you? you your route into, into directing. Right, uh, yeah, um, that's a route really as a general stumble. Um, I did sort of drama when I was at school and intended to go to drama college. Uh, and sensibly, I thought, took a, a bit of a gap year, which extended to about 20 years, uh, during which time I joined the army. I was a military policeman, I was a 
bouncer in a nightclub. I all sorts of weird and wonderful things, including running a pub, which uh, very useful for for doing this show. Uh, before realising it was time to get a proper job at 41 and went to drama college. Um, that's uh, the uh, Actors' Company at the uh, London Centre. And, um, yeah, life's been downhill ever since, really. <laughs> and it was <laughs> it through your, your involvement with the London Literary Pub Crawl, which I'll also give a shout out. We did, out indeed. Too. I was auditioned by your very good self. <laughs> yes, I always hate auditions. <laughs> auditions are always, yeah, always very nerve-wracking, aren't they, for everyone, I think, auditions. Um, yes, I, I mentioned the literary book because we do have a lot of writers who who uh, who follow who follow this show. So yeah, come and have a pint. And and how have you found? I mean, you both, Richard and uh, sorry, Greg and Claire, you both you both done some pretty big, impressive stuff. I mean, Greg, you've been on cross, uh, Crossroads. Bloody, how old am I? Coronation Street and Emma Day. And then Claire, you've done some number one tours with with Bill Kenwright. How, how is it sort of working in what is basically a studio theatre and intimate? little space well yeah thank you um obviously every job's a bit different um i was in the west end last year and that was an amazing experience you know with huge producers and a massive theater and you know it was a, a really big piece but then especially to the play is a play that i've known since i was i don't know 12 13 years old because being northern and it being a lot of duologues it's just a, a, a standard thing for teachers to kind of give out and for you to work on in drama clubs and things like that. So two in particular is a play that I have always, always wanted to do. Um, it's a massive stretch for an actor. And I feel like I'm at that kind of stage of my career where that's what I want to do with my, you know, I want to be able to push myself and, and get better and learn. Um, so that's why, that's why I auditioned for two. Um, and that's why when I was offered the job, I was absolutely delighted. And I don't think, you know, yeah, you, you work in, every job's different. So yeah, working in the West End was amazing, but I'm not going to be able to do that constantly. And, you know, I would love to work on Emmerdale or Corey on a much bigger role. Um, and, and hopefully one day that will come along. But at the end of the day, I'm so happy and glad to be performing in two because it's, it's really is a life's ambition. So I'm just glad to be here, really. Yeah, that's brilliant. Mark Rylance, you're in Jerusalem, weren't you? Mark Rylance is a lovely bloke and all in it. That's good. I'm shining everyone up today. And what about yourself, Claire? Have you found it? Well, you know what? Uh, it's a bit like filming, I was thinking, because I mean, you quite often, and I've done a lot of feature films, and you know, you, you, you're on location quite often with those, and you're in an actual place, and we've been rehearsing in this bar, and the play is set in a bar. So, you know, we've got, you know, we're a little bit stickier than we would be if we were rehearsing in, um, I don't know, a rehearsal room around the corner somewhere else in the West End. But, it, you know, it is good. It is immersive and it's kind of uh, a bit method, isn't it? Yeah. You know. And also, it's an actor's bar. So I don't know if you can see the decorations, <laughs> but we're surrounded by headshots of, you know, idols. And <laughs> so I've got um, uh, what, Bill Sykes, Oliver Reed. Oliver Reed stood up, he's up here, and he's been watching me for four weeks now during the rehearsal Jason process. Donovan. Yeah. Barbara Windsor. They just, yeah. so, so it's inspirational just to look around, where, you know, when you're struggling with a scene or something, sometimes you just look up and they catch your eye and you're like, oh, come on, can do this, we can do this, we can get through. So, yeah, it's just a wonderful place to be able to rehearse in. I suppose, in a sense, Jerry's bar, I mean, it, it, it kind of, 
encompasses what's good about London. I mean, I'm from Birmingham. And when people had said, we're taking a show into town, I was an absolute re regionalist, you know, uh, and all up for the Midlands. And so, but there is a certain, there's something about London. <laughs> I only discovered this, you know, the Romans discovered it first about 2000 years ago. But there is, there is something to be said for being in a community which perhaps London does better than perhaps anywhere else in the country. Mm. Yeah, and I think, you know, when you're, uh, I've produced, uh, you know, my own shows with my theatre company as well. And you it, it, you can always get an audience. Do you know what I mean? It's a, there's a grapevine and if people like the show, they will come, you know, they'll tell their friends. It's not even a, necessarily a social media thing. It's like, you will just hear about it, you know, and there is that kind of community, theatre community, theatre going community as well, you know, but it's not, I don't think there's anywhere quite like that. I mean, I lived up north a bit and it was very small. And it was lovely because everybody knew everybody else, but there's just not the amount of people um, that you've got here. Yes, we, we also, by the way, do an Oliver Reed pub crawl. <laughs> I just thought I'd mention that in Wimbledon. Yeah. Now you've mentioned you've mentioned Oliver Reed. And um, so you've not you've not have you been to the new space yet where you're moving to, the Tabard Theatre? Have you been there yet? Have you been just around? Yeah. So it's going to be quite interesting. So I gather the set is a bar, but it's not a proper actual bar. It's a bar that they put on stage. That's going to be interesting. What have you got? Have you got a kind of, um, are there any special moments, any heart, without giving away too much of the plot, of course, what would you say your, your kind of favourite bits are? Um, well, yeah, being sort of, keep, keeping our powder dry, as they say. Um, I think we, we've, we've looked at a lot of the shape of the thing. And you obviously have these sort of cameo appearances of these rather outlandish characters uh, for a whole host of different reasons. Um, and the, uh, there's, there's this vague river running through it of the, the landlord and landlady sort of joining it all together, who on the face of it seem quite stock characters and really just sort of serve to link the rest of it together. Um, and then uh, the, this is a great tribute to the skill of Jim Cartwright in his writing. At the end of the play, you there is this moment, which I'm not going to tell you about, where you suddenly realise what you've been watching. And uh, certainly I've had some quite extreme reactions from audiences when I did it in the past. So, yeah, basically the end is good. Yeah. Come and see it on your ticket. Stay for the second half. Yes, stay with that rather um, <laughs> opaque statement. But um, also, I get to play a character with a Wolverhampton accent. Hooray! Mm. I've, I've actually very rarely done that. And I'm from Wolverhampton. I grew up there. I was there for the first 19 years of my life. Then was in Yorkshire for three years, but then moved to London. And, uh, I, yeah, it's great. It's just lovely to hear the accent, to sort of feel the accent, you know, and it kind of suits the character. So I'm really enjoying that. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought you did it very well. Because you don't sound like a yam-yam. No, no one outside the middle will understand that. But anyway, what about yourself, Greg? I think, yeah, the more the more we rehearse it and the more we run it and the more we play with it, I'm falling in love with characters that I was struggling with and just sitting more comfortably in the characters that I always, that I already enjoyed. So, again, not giving too much away. Um, during the second act, there are... We, we kind of play three characters each. There are two bigger scenes and one smaller scene. And I was kind of really struggling to, to feel connected with two of the characters. And the more we've done it and the more we've played with it and the more we've rehearsed it, 
the more I really look forward to getting into Act Two because I feel like um, I'm still discovering them and still playing with them and enjoying it. So I think each character has really taken on their own persona and their own uh, kind of existence. And it's really fun just to dip into them and dip out of them. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine. And and uh, have you got a favourite part, Richard? It's all your favourite part. And actually, I'm just going to say, I do know that there have been occasions where all three of you have been very, very moved. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's, it is a very moving play in, in many ways, at many points. Um, I think I just keep... Um, it's like, what's your favourite book? Depends which one I'm reading at the time. And uh, I mean, I love the characters. They're all amazing. Uh, I mean, Cartwright is a breathtakingly good writer. Um, and even the ones that aren't perhaps quite so classically nice, they've got a depth to them, which draws you in. Um, yeah, so no, I haven't got a fairy character. Next question. <laughs> That's right, you're not allowed to anyway. You've got to be, you can't murder your children when you're the director, can you? You've got to get them, whatever they say about writers. And so what's going to, I mean, I won't ask the question about, how do you remember all the words? Which is always the question that actors get asked. But more importantly, and I know you haven't even opened yet, the, the show opens next uh, week uh, on the, uh, the 12th, that's right. I, I, uh, I should know. Yes, um, quite often people listen to this later in the, in the year, actually. So yes, 12th of April, 2023, or you've missed it. And it's running for three weeks until the, the end of April at the Tabard Theatre. And then what happens next? I mean, it's a horrible thing to talk about the end of this show. I mean, I... I know when I, my experience was, I was working with a young boy in, in, in a show once and he was absolutely bereft on that last night, which kind of got me. And I know you're professional actors and, you know, it is a fairly small business, actually, isn't it? People tend to uh, tend to knock in, you know, bump into each other again. But what what are there any plans for after two, after hours? Well, um, I quite regularly do the summer rep season in Sidmouth that sometimes does a little tour as well. I love that. Um, get to be by the seaside and do lots of classic brilliant plays you know in roles that probably wouldn't be cast in in the west end because it would be some famous person you know um and uh, then after that i'm touring my one woman show about afro ben the master of afro ben yes. in yes. the autumn that's, that's, that gonna, that's gonna be all over the place is it after the afro ben show well, most importantly it's in canterbury where afro ben was born and they are uh, getting a statue built of her so you know part of the reason why I brought it back was to help support this statue campaign and they're so close to having the full amount now oh, Only a few minutes, so and how, how can people find out any more about you have you got a website for your company or affirmation yes, so uk. And uh, yeah, it's all about the dates and the stuff that we do. Yeah. Brilliant. A monkey with symbols.co.uk. That's fantastic. So what about yourself, Craig? What have you got lined up after the once the final bell closes? <laughs> um, nothing at the moment, <laughs> but that's okay. That's generally the place that I'm in when the project finishes. So if anybody's out there and needs a ginger actor from Burnley, <laughs> um, I can do accents. Just give me a shout. I'm around. I'll be free. Emmerdale, Emmerdale. I mean, we know one of the guys that directs Trumps of Emmerdale. We yeah, all, he's probably listening to this. Nice. Um, I'm not limited to TV soaps, but 
Kind of, literally anything. I can't sing and I can't dance. But yeah. If you need an actor, uh, just give us a shout. I'm on Instagram. <laughs> find me on Instagram and uh, give me a shout. And I've also got an amazing agent who keeps getting me loads of auditions. So hopefully one of them will bite and then we'll be all over wherever it's, whatever the job is. Yeah, brilliant. Well, you can also, of course, find out more at mavericktheatrecompany.com because there's pictures of the cast and the crew and uh, all the information you need to know. Uh, and also, if you're interested in coming along to the Tabar Theatre, the production is two by Jim Cartwright and uh, starring Greg, Claire and directed by our Richard. I won't ask you what you're up to next, Richard, because it will probably involve a pub. Probably I'll be there. Uh, and, Indeed. Uh, yeah, uh, and I think there's there's talk of touring this show, isn't there, which is quite exciting. So touring it to the UK. It immediately, um, but uh, if someone wants funders for it, that'd be great. Yeah, brilliant. So if you want to, if you want two to turn up at your neck of the woods, and yes, there is talk of the United States too, then uh, do get in touch. MavericktheatreCompany.com, I think all the details are on there. Um, well, actually, we've run out of time. Thank you so much. For your time live from the uh jerry's club in dean street in soho it looks fantastic and i do like we can see some of the actor pictures above your heads uh have a fantastic run i hope it goes really really well and thanks very much for your time guys uh, and yeah, that's we're well. on we're on this is uh we're on uh britain.com we're also gonna be on youtube Maverick Theatre Company and uh, the London Literary Pub Crawl all over the place but mainly this is literary london on residence 104.4 FM.